everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. I have a badass guest today. I'm super impressed by her. I went into a uh, Google stalking hole yesterday. Um, well, because I don't really like to prepare for things more than a day in advance, even though I knew this podcast was happening a month ago. Um, but when I did start uh, researching her, I was like, I mean, I got to the point where I, I was on your grandfather's LinkedIn, or not LinkedIn, Wikipedia. I mean, I know I know everything about every member of your family. I'm a creep. Um, so, yeah. So, and I just, she's a badass. So, Jesse Draper is the creator and host of a 2015 Emmy-nominated television series called The Valley Girl Show, uh, as well as GP of Halogen Ventures. Uh, for Valley Girl, she produced and distributed over 300 interviews with some of the greatest minds of business, entertainment, and technology, including Ted Turner, Mark Cuban, Sheryl Sandberg, Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, Jessica Alba, MC Hammer, what? How the hell do you know him? And Eric Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> USA Today called the show a must-see startup TV. The show has an initiative to interview 50% women in business. That's awesome. And she was also previously a Nickelodeon star. Like, how many jobs have you had? <laughs> Uh, Draper has used her comedic and acting talents to bring an approachable feel to the business world. Through the Valley Girl Show, she has helped pioneer the way in which the in the digital media world. Anyways, you're also like where's there was another cool fact. You were Marie Claire magazine voted you as one of the fifty most connected women in America. What does that even mean? But anyways, welcome, Jesse. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being Quite here. Quite an introduction. Thank you. Well, you have a, such a like a, an interesting <laughs> and and crazy life. It's yeah, it's been crazy. The only thing I'd say is like you know I. It's funny because I feel like when you list them all like that, it sounds like so convoluted. But in my head now, it kind of makes sense how it all evolved. Yeah. But also, I think just. I have been working my whole life and that was just something that was instilled in me from a a young age. And, you know, I worked through high school, through college, after college, I was just always working. And Mm -hmm. if I wasn't working, I was trying really hard to figure out, okay, well, how do I be, how, how can I be working? Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. My parents raised me and my sister to be like that. It's good. Um, It's good. I get bored if I'm not working. Yeah. It's, and I just feel bad about myself if I'm not somehow moving forward. It's an identity life. thing too. Yeah. You know, like I, we were talking, I'm pregnant now and I, I also have a child and you know, there's a moment where you like have a kid and then you're like, am I going to go back to work? Am I going to be one of those stay at home moms, which is also a really big job. Yeah. But for me, it's an identity thing. And I really didn't feel like myself if I didn't have my job. Yeah. I think I would get very depressed if I didn't, if I didn't work. If, if, if I, I mean, I, Totally being a stay-at-home mom is a very hard job and it's great. And It's harder, uh, I think. Yeah. And I, I think mentally, too, because you don't <laughs> yeah. have identity. Well, that's probably not the right thing to say. But I can see how you feel like you lose that, especially if you were someone that worked a lot. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But um, you said it seems convoluted when I read it. It's It makes sense to me, too, though. Most people have to have a ton of different jobs or the, and they're just things kind it takes of takes a while to in. get somewhere. Yeah, and a lot of things go... And, you, you know, if you're a motivated person... You know, you're not just happy with one thing. You're just, your brain's always thinking about other things. Totally. Totally. So what was your first job? <laughs> Good question. In high school, my first job was, I worked at a doggy daycare. My best friend's mom mm-hmm. ran a doggy daycare. And I went and I um, cleaned up poop and <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Honestly, humbling. humbling, but also it was actually the most fun job I think of all time in high school because I hung out I liked the girls I worked with uh, my friend was there a lot and 
I, I remember coming home one day where I was like, God, high school's very stressful. You know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of work and I feel like I have all of these extracurriculars that I'm trying to kind of stay on top of. And um, I loved going there because every time I left, I felt very de-stressed, like uh-huh. hanging out with dogs just is the yeah. most therapeutic thing. That's nice. So did you, did you, did you ever work for your dad's company when you were in High school. So explain explain what your family does and what yeah. the generations of entrepreneurs. So I'll and- give, maybe I'll like connect all of these jobs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There. Yeah. So you know, right after school, so I went to UCLA mm-hmm. and I, st- st- I went to school at UCLA's School of Theater, Film, and TV, and I wanted to go into entertainment. Um, I grew up in a very technology oriented family. You know, you mentioned my dad. I'm a fourth generation investor, venture capitalist, and the first female. You're the um, first female. Yeah, the first female online. Thank you. Uh, and so, you know, growing up, my aunt was an actress, mm-hmm. and my mom worked and took care of four kids, which is a different type of job that we were just discussing. And I had grown up, you know, going to conferences with my dad and, um, you know, he, he was a very successful investor. He was one of the first investors in Skype and Tesla. Mm -hmm. So I would travel with him and it was such an educational experience, but it was the business that I knew the best is technology. But I didn't think women were allowed to go into it because whenever I was sitting at a table at any kind of conference with him, there were no women. Uh And so, um, I thought, Oh, well my aunt Polly works. And she's an actress and a very successful one. So that's that's what I do. Like, that's what women do. And yeah. so, you know, when you're a little girl, that's kind of, you, you have to have an idol. So, you know, I always looked up to my aunt and I thought, oh, that's what women do. They go into entertainment. And mm-hmm. so I went to UCLA to study theater, film, and TV. I became an actress. I was on a Nickelodeon show uh, called Which The one? Naked Brothers Band oh, cool. uh, for a couple of years right out of college. It was really the dream as an actress. Um, but through that show, we'd film about six months on and six months off. And I just realized like, while I love acting and I respect the profession so much, Mm -hmm. I would find myself in these cattle calls all day, you know, for your 15 seconds where they don't even talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. Where they don't even talk to you. And I thought, you know, I can be so much more productive than this. And so the worst uh, is trying to go to, um, do you ever try to do print work? Oh yeah. I I mean, I did how humiliating it is when they're like. Uh, Thank so, you. Yeah, that and they're, they're <laughs> like, um, and tomorrow for your audition, you need to get going to need to show up in a swimsuit. I'm like, oh fuck that, and just stand around with a bunch of girls. <laughs> it's just horrible. <laughs> it's just really bad for yourself. Oh, it's so bad. Well, also, I think that something needs to change. Where it's like, ask them a question. Yeah, be like, where are you from? Yeah. What are you passionate about? Like, ask them a question. I always would just make like awkward jokes when I would yeah. be like, standing there like waiting for them to get the camera set up or something. I would just, and it was always where they, they weren't laughing. They just thought <laughs> I was weird because it was just so uncomfortable. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. I've been there through it all. And so the first season we filmed the Naked Brothers Band and then I auditioned for six months. Mm-hmm. The second season I said, okay, you know what? I am passionate about technology. It's the business I know the best. I'm going to start a technology talk show. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to interview incredible entrepreneurs uh, because this is something I know. Okay, yeah. So we Sorry, filmed- we had to pause it because um, Jesse's publicist was late. <laughs> just joking. Oh, poor Anna. Just poor ro- Anna. Just roasted you. It's okay. I'm usually <laughs> the late one, so it's totally fine. Um, but uh, and she's doing a great job. Clearly, yeah, I'm doing on a this great show. job. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, I'd film six months on and, uh, and then 
I would audition for six months. And so I started my show, The Valley Girl Show, out of my parents' garage the second season of Naked Brothers Band. And it was a disaster. It was like, I how had... How did you know... Uh, like, how did you know how to produce it and what you were going to put... Oh, no. Were you just... I knew nothing. I knew did you nothing. have a camera or did you hire a camera? Um, we h- hired a cameraman, uh, borrowed cameras, and I hired my brothers. They were my first hires and my first fires. They were in high school. One of them got bored in the middle of an interview with the um, former CEO of Google, who at the time, you know, this is oh years ago, God, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. So this was when Google was just kind of getting going. Yeah. And, um, and he put down the camera he's like sorry I was bored and it was like hard to hold it and I was like pick up the camera because like I'm in the middle of an interview oh my god um and those interviews they're still on YouTube and I mean how the heck it's worth you looking to see CEO how far we've Google come. to come to your garage so <laughs> I grew up in Silicon Valley like before it's, it was Hollywoodized you mm-hmm. know and so I grew up around a lot of these incredible entrepreneurs and like I mentioned, you know, my family worked with a lot of them. And so um, actually in that case, his daughter went to my high school. Oh, okay. Um, And so, uh, and it was Google was this like cool new thing. And uh, I had him over and he was wonderful. And his name's Eric Schmidt. Um, But no, this, I didn't know what I was doing. I Mm -hmm. duct taped, I duct taped lamps to the wall. Like I didn't, I didn't even know anything about lighting. lighting. (laughs) Like for lighting. And then I went back to the show to the Nickelodeon show and I asked the producers and I said, and I will forever be grateful to Albie Hecht, who I think now runs HLN, which is like CNN's sister station. But Mm -hmm. he's, he let me, I said, look, I know I'm an actress on the show. Would you mind if I like sat in on production meetings? I'd really just like to see how this works. And he was Mm -hmm. so nice. He opened the doors for me and he, um, let me sit at the table and, learn how it worked and so Mm -hmm. the next year I came back and every year it got a little bit better and I ran it for almost 10 years and as I mentioned to you before it's on hiatus until media is fixed media is very broken conversation for another day but we need to fix it (laughs) yeah um and uh currently I'm looking for technologies that will fix it would you have any advice for someone that wanted to start something like that on on their own oh yeah just do it I mean and just throw paint against a wall that's what I did and Mm -hmm. we you know, every year it got a little better. Every year you learned a little more. And um, and then we got, uh, you know, how did you got get, it to TV. How did you raise funding for it in the first stages of it? We worked with small sponsors. We um, did anything we could. We did a lot of conference events. Sometimes conferences would pay us to do things. Uh-huh. Like you would do a live show at a conference? Yeah, we do a live show at a conference. Yeah, we do stand-up sometimes at conferences. Yeah. You can really do stand-up anywhere. I've done it at a cap- campground before. We, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You can. You can do stand-up anywhere. You can do a talk show anywhere, too. Um, But yeah, you know, through that show, I mentioned that I um, was always... I was always frustrated because there were no women in technology, and it was the business that I knew the best. Mm -hmm. And I... um, Through that show, I started trying to... That first season when I had the CEO of Google on, I was like, okay, there's no women. I feel like I interviewed no women on this show. And so the second season I said, Because it was, it was specifically tech oriented, like the interviews. Yeah. So they had to be a CEO or entrepreneur of Mm -hmm. all shapes and sizes in, uh, technology. Okay. And so I, um, I started trying to interview 50% women, which was really hard until five or six years ago. And now you hear names like Jen Hyman from Rent the Runway and the Guilt Girls Mm -hmm. and, um, and once I got Cheryl Sandberg on my show, which was a feat in itself, um, the doors opened mm-hmm. and women came, but it was really, it's still, you know, such a small percentage of female CEOs. Yeah. There's such a small percentage of women 
in technology in general. And so I started trying to give them media exposure Uh because I wanted young girls like I used to be to be able to see these incredible women in yeah, technology. It's important. Who was your favorite female guest? Who was my favorite female guest? So many. I mean, I would say uh, probably Sheryl Sandberg or Sandra Day O'Connor um, because Sandra Day O'Connor I'd like dressed up as in fifth grade. And so that was cool. I did a whole report on her and she's, ter- she's terrifying. I like that most kids were like dressing you up as princesses. Yeah. <laughs> dressed up as Sandra Day O'Connor. She how did that go amazing. over? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. She, I, uh, how did that go over? Oh yeah. yeah, I was a judge. You know, I wore my like I wore like a cloak. It was pretty easy costume. <laughs> but she um, you know, and she's done so much for women and that was a huge get for me too. I went to her house in like Arizona and interviewed her. She was amazing. How but did terrifying. you find her to contact her? I found her through it was like something to do with the UN and then it was connected to So you would just her. send out like cold emails or cold oh. I'm the cold email queen. Really? I emailed Mark Cuban for Okay, you need to give a little tutorial years. on how people do this. For two years? For two years. You can Google his email address. He's going to be so mad at me. You can Google his <laughs> email address. <laughs> I emailed him for two years. He, like This story has to come back to him because I feel like I've told it before. But he, I emailed him for two years and he was so wonderful. He always got back to me and said, not right now. Can't do it now. Can't do it now. I'm so inspired right now. I'm going to start cold e- emailing people for, oh, for yeah. my podcast. I mean, you can find anyone online these days. So I emailed him for two years and then all of a sudden one day I get this email. Whenever we were filming a new season, I'd say, hey, any chance you're available? You know, I'm in LA or whatever. We'll come to you. And uh, one day I just get this email completely out of the blue. We weren't filming a Mm -hmm. season and he's like, hey, I'm in San Francisco tomorrow. I could probably do it at noon. And I'm like, not in San Francisco, uh, but I will figure this out. And like, so, I will get this up to San Francisco. so 24 hours, threw it together. We did it in a conference room. Uh, I remember we had three cameras and one was in soft focus the whole time. So I could only use two. I was, I was like, oh my God, I felt like that whole interview almost went down the drain. But um, he that gives was me so, so much anxiety. I'm always so nervous that something technologically is going to fail when I have a big guest. And what am I going to then call and be like, hey, the sound didn't work. Can you come back and do right. it again? Right. <laughs> but no, the cold email. And then same with Jessica Alba. We It was early days of Honest Company. She just started Honest Company. Uh-huh. And um, I had my business partner of the time, we emailed her uh, for like six months, her PR person uh-huh. for the Honest Company. Mm-hmm. We took her out to coffee. We like were like, be our friend, be our friend. <laughs> and oh then um, she said, okay. And she got us in the door. And I remember that was crazy. I had to meet with like 25 PR people before I did that interview. That was kind of the most oh, intense Oh, to make thing. sure like you didn't ask the like questions she didn't want to answer and stuff? Yeah, but the funniest thing was... I got into the room thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to tell me all the things I can't talk about. And the conversation literally went like this. It was like, hey, so can I ask her about the business? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so can I ask her about, um, you know, how this part of the business works? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Can I ask her about this? Yeah, that's fine. It was maybe a five-minute meeting with 25 people. And I'm like, okay, well, is there anything? <laughs> like, what what, what like, do all 25 of why you are we do? Meeting? Yeah. <laughs> why do you need 25 people? Um, but uh, she's, yeah, she's been very impressive. Her journey has been yeah. incredible. So is she your friend? 
is she my friend? I don't know. What do you consider? No, she's not. She, I mean, I, I wish she was my friend. If I saw her, I think we know each other very yeah. lightly. I probably have to like remind her every time. I'm just like that, though. Even if I know you and have met you a whole bunch of times, I feel like I still have to introduce myself. I'm like, yeah. by the way, Jesse Draper. Hi. Good to see you. Yeah, and I think everyone's like that. People are just are busy. It's so important to just, yeah, also give people context, you know? But yeah. she's, I mean... I think what she's done for women in technology especially is incredible and I'm so grateful to her. So every time I see her, I'm I'm like, I'm so grateful to what you've built. What do you say in these cold emails that you think is like, it works? (laughs) I love that you think I'm like, I like, no, I know. I want to know. I don't know. I just keep (laughs) doing it. I think I don't take no for an answer. Really? And you never feel like, see, I get really like where I'm like, God, they're going to think I'm weird or something. (laughs) No, no, you can't there. You have to be just bulletproof. Mm -hmm. You have to be like, you just have to feel like a no. It means they're busy. Yeah. Usually like it's a no for now. And usually I think the, the coolest thing is you email. I remember I emailed like Coca-Cola and I was Mm -hmm. like, can I interview your CEO? And someone personally wrote me back and said, um, she doesn't have time right now. We'll let you know if she's in California. And for me, that was a huge win. I got yeah. a personal email back. Now I have a contact at yeah. Coca-Cola. And so you just, people, res- people read those emails. Yeah. So typically. Yeah. So I, I mean, think I guess I read all the emails from my podcast listeners. Yeah. And respond. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a win in itself. And you just can't be offended if people say no. I mean, you, you know, if you come from entertainment and acting, mm-hmm. And comedy, like, I'm sure you've been turned down more times than most. Like, I've been turned down a thousand times. I don't even hear the word no. I don't understand it. I'm like, I think I'm talking to the wrong person then. So who's going to give me the right answer here? (laughs) I'm I'm actually, I'm fairly unfazed by the word no when it comes to, like, my comedy and acting career. I'm like, well, they just are not getting how great I am. Um, So (laughs) there must be something wrong with that. But when it comes to, like, cold emailing someone, I'm like, I guess I just don't know, like, well, how, e- how many emails do you send before you're, like, irritating them? I don't think you do it every day, but I think if you email them once a month saying, hey, we're filming again. Are you free this time? Hey, are you filming again? And once they see month. that I'm you're I'm, like, taking new- notes on this. <laughs> you're so funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that has been, I don't know, that has been the most helpful for, I think, my career is just you just don't take no for an answer and you don't you mm-hmm. can't be offended I'm never offended yeah what did you do after so when did Valley Girl so that was just about two years ago we kind of went on like hiatus open-ended hiatus uh because through the show I started getting pitches for because people saw I was looking for women in addition mm-hmm. to incredible men um I became known as this kind of uh person looking for female tech run tech companies. So I would get a lot of pitches of early stage female tech companies. And sometimes I'd say, you know, you're a little early for the show, but I really like what you're doing. Maybe I could write you a small check because I don't have a ton of money Mm -hmm. and be a strategic investor and give you media exposure. Um, This ended up creating a nice track record for me. A couple of those companies ended up being Sugar Fina, which is now an international candy company. When I got in, it was just um, an e-commerce candy company Mm -hmm. site and uh, they've done incredibly well. A company, a company called Laurel and Wolf, uh, mm-hmm. which is accessible interior design online. And I was writing, you know, small checks like five thousand dollars, ten thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. And I, after creating this track record, just about a year and a half ago, because I had a nice track record to show, I was able to. And I'd worked in this business a long time uh, because I have worked with my dad, and I brought him companies like. Um, 
paperless post I had on my show before mm-hmm. anyone had even heard of them. Yeah. And so I brought them in and how uh, do you, they invested. How do you see something in a company? Like how, like when Sugarfina yeah. came to you, how were you not just like, all right, it's a candy company? How were you like, they're special. They're different. I, I believe in them. I'd like to invest. Totally. So like at that stage, um, there's not a ton to look at. So you're really betting on people. Mm-hmm. I'd say the biggest thing is the team. I like to see that there's some type of product or an idea for a product, but usually, you know, not a lot of people have the funds to put towards their company yeah. and create that product. Usually that's why they're raising money. So as long as they have a very unique idea for a product and for somehow they'll be able to own that and have proprietary technology on that product, mm-hmm. um, that's exciting to me. Some traction, whether that be customers, they're making a little money, they've tested some something that's working Mm -hmm. and people are responding to and then I like to see people doing completely different things so in in the case of Sugarfina which is a a good a good um, company to talk about they I met the team and it was Rosie and Josh and Uh they um, they were dating they still are I think they like haven't gotten married, but they have kids for disaster if it didn't work out. No, they, they, they started the company on their third date. Okay. And, uh, it's been incredibly successful, but I knew the team was killer because Josh had, I think he ran a couple gaming companies and Uh he had, uh, built a couple successful gaming companies and then she did branding at Mattel. Mm -hmm. And so I was just kind of like, wow, this team is very unique and different and they both bring something really cool to the table and they had this idea for an adult candy shop and I remember the first conversation I had with them the thing I was excited about is I said well it's a candy company like there's a million candy companies how are you going to be the best candy company yeah and they said I said look there's Dylan's there's you know uh I think there's a million you see candy stores everywhere and they said oh no 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 if you have to scoop the candy it's not our competition. So now to this day, I still am that's like, hilarious. oh no, that's, you have to scoop that candy and because it's a different type yeah. and they're mm-hmm. catering toward a higher end um, consumer and they're also, uh, it's adult. Yeah. They make really fun adult gifts. How would you, so there's the, you know, being a young independent woman is kind of hard nowadays. I mean, well, it's always been hard, but you know, people aren't getting married as young and, and they're having to support themselves, young girls. Um, and it's, it's hard. You're like, I'll leave people, you know, it's hard to make money, hard to struggle. What would you say would be a few like tips to like kind of, I don't know, uh, launch yourself into a, to, into a person where you're not just like, you know, paycheck to paycheck, you know, just trying to make it. I think they call that, and I am definitely not the one to coin this term, but like turning your ha- side hustle into a real okay. thing. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So I think you, um, cause it's pretty hard to make money by just having a regular nine to five job. Like oh. it's, I mean, Oh, totally. It's yeah. When you, is, you have a ceiling basically that you're going to hit. And then. Yeah. You're going to hit. And so I think if you want to be an entrepreneur and start your own company and mm-hmm. your own business and create a product of some sort, whether that be a service you sell or a candy, you mm-hmm. know, um, I think what you do is what I see a lot of is sometimes people don't raise money until they're ready to leave their job. So they've, they've kind of worked on yeah. the side of this business to test it and put, they've put a little bit of their money and resources Mm -hmm. towards this project. 
that at that time is probably a project that they're just testing yeah. out. And then they realize, oh my God, uh, people are paying me for this thing. Yeah. People are paying me a little bit of money. If I had more so resources. So you're saying don't quit your, your day job until you have. Well, I think you have to, you know what you have to do. If you have kids, if you have, you yeah. know, if you have to support yourself some way, you don't have to quit your day job right away. But I think you'll know when that time is there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've also seen people just like balls to the wall, <laughs> just be like, I quit and I'm going after this crazy idea. Yeah. And sometimes they're successful well, sometimes and that sometimes forces they're them not. to make it because it's like, well, totally. I just, I, I just have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different things I see. Um, I do make sure when we're investing that they are full time. And mm-hmm. on occasion, people will be like, well, I'm still kind of part time because I have to support myself. I'm like, OK, come back to me when you're full time or yeah. ready to go full time. And often that's why they're raising money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you just have to find that right time. You know, if you are more of a cautious individual, then test it on the side mm-hmm. and see if there is some like a good reception. And then uh, or if you're a little more of a risk taker, just just go for it. Yeah. And do you think that there um, are types of businesses that are played out right now or products? Or do you think as long as you believe in the product, like you, you'll be able to make it? I think you always are iterating on your product and you're mm-hmm. always trying to make it better. I don't think it's ever, you know, um, I always talk about fundraising and raising money and uh, it's one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I raised money for this fund that I'm running now, mm-hmm. um, Halogen Ventures, and it's hard. You're putting yourself on the line. You're asking for money. Yeah. You're, um, it's a difficult thing to do. But what I always say is if you are pitching you know, a hundred investors or mm-hmm. 50 investors or what have you, because you're usually not going to get it from one investor right off the bat. Yeah. If you're pitching all these people and everyone is saying no, something's not working. Yeah. So okay. you need to change the product. You need to change the pitch. You need to change the business model. Mm-hmm. Something's not working. And so start listening and know in those meetings when you can flip it around and say, okay, this guy's not going to invest. So, um, what like why don't you want to invest yeah why don't you want to invest in in this company like what would make you feel more comfortable investing in me in this company mm-hmm. because I'd love your advice and then you might create actually a great relationship and they might invest down the road mm-hmm. do you find it if, if are there okay well so all this stuff's coming out in um the entertainment industry about these girls being in these horrible situations with these producers and stuff uh, is it at all like that in tech oh yeah really yeah actually it came out first the um they were there's a whole bunch of sexual harassment uh stuff going on uh that started about started coming out about six months ago mm-hmm. where a lot of um partners at venture capital funds were sexually harassing women who were starting companies uh or at like hey or i'll invest you. in your thing if you go out with me or, or something worse like they pretend they're going to and then oh. don't they just want to like get to know you and meet you for drinks and you know i think it's a real problem in every industry but yeah. in in technology and i think similarly in hollywood mm-hmm. it's a power thing you yeah. know it's like these men have the resources these women are starting the companies mm-hmm. and it's like a preying situation yeah. i know it makes me so sick which is why I wanted to become an investor Mm -hmm. and um, there's so few female investors. And so, you know, it's like I go to these pitch events with 250 men Mm -hmm. and there's five to 10 of us who are women who are controlling the capital. Mm -hmm. And that's something to think about just in the grand scheme of things, women, they are in charge of 80% of purchasing decisions in households in the U S. So like, why aren't we investing in female oriented Mm -hmm. products her female run companies why aren't we doing that yeah 
but they're not getting any of the capital because men control the capital, typically invest in their friends. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really trying to diversify that pool. Have do you have do you think you've been exempt from uh, a lot of it because you're married? Does it is that help? Oh, because I'm like, married. No, no, but, but I've mean, been in this business for like ten years. I mean, even oh, I in guess tech, before. So, like, what, did you experience a lot of that? Oh yeah, I think everybody has. I remember being at South by Southwest, like in my twenties, like in my early twenties, just. Uh, People would say, okay, you know, have you been to South by Southwest? No, no. Okay. So, you know, know there's a lot of hotel meetings Uh and the bars get completely cluttered because I think they have like 300,000 people coming to Austin. Yeah. And so I have a lot of people, you know, I used to have a lot of people be like, hey, come meet me in my hotel room. And I had one like slightly weird meeting in a hotel room, but also like, why was I going to someone's hotel room for a meeting, you know? And so after that, when people would text me or shoot me an email, say, yeah, just come meet my hotel room. I'd be like, no. That's okay. Hey, we can meet I'm, down here. I'm all set. I'll find on that. a I'll find a, bar, a place yeah. in the bar. We can go find a Chili's or something. If, yeah, if you don't want to know when you're hotel. young and you're just out of college, like yeah. you don't know what you're doing and yeah, you don't totally. know, you don't realize like and you're what situation you're putting sort of. yourself yeah. into. Yeah, yeah. So I think everyone's had those horrible experiences. Yeah, unfortunately, we're changing them though, right? Yes, <laughs> I so, hope so. Well, I feel like there's a huge change happening right now with yeah. all of these people coming out. Um, so let's talk about the show. You, 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 and your dad and grandpa have yeah. a show coming out tell we me do. About that. it's called meet the drapers it's launching very very soon on set sony entertainment television and you can watch it on on demand on uh, direct tv and then also on roku and a couple other places uh, we can get you all the details so basically um we're doing a, a shark tank like show and i hate saying that but i love shark tank I love it's that very show. It's different show. from shark tank in okay. the sense it's three generations of drapers which at first I was like, okay, what what's this going to be like? But it's really cool because my grandfather sees completely different things than my dad does. And my dad sees completely different things than I do. Uh-huh. And we, it's in like potential, three, uh, in potential, startups. yeah, in potential companies. Yeah. So a company comes and pitches us and we give feedback. But the coolest thing about this that's very different, that's never been done before is you can actually invest in these companies. You can invest $10, you can invest $1,000, whatever you have, and you could own a piece of these companies. So Wait, the audience The can? audience can. So you can either vote for them oh. or you can own. So it'd be like watching Shark Tank and then being like, I want to invest in that, even though Mark Cuban didn't. Uh-huh. Uh, and so these companies are crowdfunded and they're crowdfunded through television. We're using this crowdfunding platform called Republic. So if you go decide to like invest in them, do you like, do the, does the network send you an email back with like a contract? Like now you own point. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a contract and it's all filtered through Republic, which is a crowdfunding platform Mm -hmm. that, you know, is obviously like up to code and everything. Yeah. And it's a really, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens. It sounds really cool. Yeah. So what types of, have you, you haven't filmed any of it yet? We filmed it. Yeah. So what types of companies, what types of uh, companies pitched to you guys? So it's um, much more technology oriented. Uh-huh. So we saw a little of everything from cybersecurity all the way to a nail bot. And what? A nail bot. What's that? It's a, it's like a, um, it's like a, a robot. It's like a nail printer, but it doesn't print sheets. It actually prints uh, a manicure on your nails. Wait, that's like the most convenient thing ever. It's the coolest thing ever, actually. I took a picture how, of my how grandfather. How expensive would it be for me to own one of those? Yeah, it's um, so they're because I hate getting my nails done. I they're hate bringing it down, but it's somewhere around a hundred bucks, and they're trying to make it even so cheaper. Cool. 
but they, um, I literally took a picture of my grandfather in the moment and then printed it on my nail. And it was really, really high quality, very impressive. It's called Prima Donna. So you do you have to, does you have to get a manicure or just is printing something on your? It's, um, no, you don't have to get it's a manicure. It's not like a full service manicure though. No, you, but you get, no, it's, but it's like a detailed manicure. So, you know, everyone's going like the whole nail thing is yeah. like you get fun little pictures like, yeah. on your nails and it takes forever. This was under two seconds, like done. So crazy. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen, honestly. And you don't have to like stick it on and apply it. It just like. No, on your nail, you stick your nail in the printer. That is so weird. I know. It's crazy. That's so cool. Yeah. Was that your favorite thing that they pitched you? Uh, yeah, one of them. I think the, she, uh, the girl who runs it is really, really impressive. Her name's Pri, and I just was blown away by her. Um, and she, they own all these patents, so no one else can do it. And it's just everything that I like to see. Plus, it's a big market. And it was fun to see with my dad and my grandfather because they don't understand this market. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. How big is the market? I'm like, it's a, over a it's billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the nail industry. Pretty much everyone gets, every girl gets their nails yeah, done. Yeah, it's so funny. So those were kind of interesting conversations with my dad. And also then it's a family show. So it's a lot of me being like, dad, that's so embarrassing. Like, please don't say that out loud. What if whatever. you guys are like the next Kardashians, but of the tech world? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, I actually, what I, I, it's funny. Someone else brought that up recently. And what I usually say about that is like, they're brilliant. I mean, they have figured yeah. out how yeah, to use I, media to their benefit. Hats off to them. And every every product on that show, they're promoting or owning a piece of in some way. And mm-hmm. so it's really brilliant. I mean, it so really is. If, I think people don't always think about them that way. They don't realize, oh, no, they're making like bajillions of dollars on every single product on that show. Yeah, they're very smart. Yeah. I mean, not all the time. They're smart maybe in business. but <laughs> Completely, completely. Maybe not with men. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh but yeah, and then another um, industry that we like love investing in is this like feminine hygiene. Mm-hmm. So we have like a menstrual disc company. So how awkward is that to talk about in front of your dad and your grandpa? It's um, actually really funny because my dad had met this girl before I had mm-hmm. uh, who, Lauren who runs Flex. Okay. And it was a really weird conversation to have with your father. What's Flex? I don't know what it is. Oh, so Flex. So it's this menstrual disc. Uh-huh. And so it's like an alternate tampon device. So a lot of girls can't use tampons because they have yeast infections. And some yeah. people just prefer um, menstrual discs anyway. Yeah. But she's created a new product that you put in. It's kind of like a Nuva ring and like half a condom is what uh-huh. I would say. And it catches the blood. You can leave it in for 24 hours. You can pee with it in. You can have sex with it in. It's literally a game changer. But yes, I had this conversation wow. with my I feel like, father. I feel like we just had a, a sponsored read on my podcast. <laughs> there, it, it's, I'm obsessed promo with code. it. Yeah, use promo code. Feel free. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you one if you'd like it. Um, but, um, but I love seeing technologies like that also that are really changing the game and changing the game for women. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. How do you find it hard to balance being married and having a child and one on the way with uh, also having 13 jobs? <laughs> How do you do I it? Feel do like you get it's to- just one right now. <laughs> but um, I'm really just an investor and I invest in women run companies. But you're also filming a TV show. I'm filming, well, I already filmed it, so yeah. it's done. Okay. And that took like a week. It was easy. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's hard. I think it's, you know, everyone says, oh, you just have to balance it. It's like, there's no such thing as balance. Mm-hmm. Some days, like my son last week got sick. I had to move an entire day of meetings to the next day. And I was like, okay, tomorrow's going to be brutal <laughs> and just oh have a jam-packed day. But um, some days you get nothing done. Some days you have a very full day, you know, and mm-hmm. I think you just figure it out. And I just wish there were more companies and more um, 
people, especially in the corporate world, supporting families yeah. because it's really, really difficult. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard on people. No, and I like I can afford childcare. A lot of people can't, mm-hmm. and that is it. It's just it's a really something needs to change. I think it's like also why do kids only go to school till three p.m. Why is preschool only three hours? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things where it's like so you're telling me like one of my like my son is applying to preschool right now, and um. I'm like, so you're telling me it's only three hours. So I still have to go drop him off and then I have to pick him up and then I still have to pay for childcare. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. And there is daycare options, but Mm -hmm. most preschools in LA are just three hours. Yeah. There's so many things that need to change there. What does your husband work in the same industry? My husband's an accountant Mm -hmm. and he is, but yeah, he does. He's actually, he's at, um, a company at one of the talent agencies that does their investing. Oh, and he cool. does their accounting. So you guys get to spend time together still. Regardless oh yeah. Of, He's yeah. my accountant. As Is well. he? Yeah. Oh, well that's yeah. nice. It's actually very convenient, yeah. but it's also like hard. Cause it's like we work together and we're married, but he's amazing. And I, I wouldn't trust anyone else doing my books. Yeah. Well, he's going to basically be doing them anyways. Cause you're married. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. True. It's true. What, um, so what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is, so I just raised a fund for uh, female-founded consumer technologies. So those are products and services uh, that um, are run by women and touch the consumer in some way. I hope that, you know, we go and raise another fund. We go and raise another fund. Eventually, we raise a billion dollars and only invest it into female-run companies. And it's very cool. For me, it's it's not just about women. It's about balance. And so mm-hmm. there just has to be a woman in the founding team because we need men. I love men. Yeah. You know, but we need more women in yeah. leadership You positions. just want to give more opportunities to women that are not getting them as easily as men. Totally. And so, you know, I hope to go raise a billion dollars, put it into women. But what I like to say, like my big crazy idea is, is what we need is women to control more of the money and the capital and make these investment decisions. And in order to do that, we have to support their companies Mm -hmm. and create the billionaires of the future. So I hope that these checks that we're writing to women um, that are help getting their companies off the ground, I Mm -hmm. hope that they sell them for a billion dollars. And then the data is there that they will invest that into other women. Yeah. So I'm trying to create the billionaires of the future. Yeah. I hope I some hope of my podcast listeners are like trying to create companies because maybe, e- maybe they could email you. Maybe <laughs> yeah, they totally. could cold email you. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you want to be on our show and pitch our show, meetthedrapers.com or you go to halogenvc.com and we have a whole, uh, you can pitch me anytime. I'm very accessible online and we do look at everything that comes through. So when people are um, uh, pitching to uh, venture capitalists, they just find your email and just shoot you an email yeah I mean I'd say it's probably easier to there's maybe a few know tips. someone yeah like uh, you know go find go on LinkedIn see if you have any mutual connections like I definitely yeah. pay more attention to an introduction yeah but um we've taken cold emails I mean mm-hmm. I'm, I told you I'm the queen of cold emails yes. so I do appreciate them and you never know where the good ideas are going to come from is that why Marie Claire um, uh, named you one of the 50 most connected women in the world? Is you, why? <laughs> I don't know. I think. How did they even find out? I don't know. I think um, I, I know a lot of people, but I know a lot of people because I've been meeting people for, you know, my yeah. whole career. And I'm, I'm in the business of meetings, whether that be from my talk show or for my, um, you know, for my uh, fund. Yeah. How, how did they find Marie Claire find you to do that? Like, how did they come up with the list? <laughs> I have no idea. You but just I had like I one have day like Googled yourself from, and it popped up? 
Yeah, I have a feeling someone from the list referred me and oh, said she okay. knows a lot of people or something. Okay, that's cool. But I don't know. But I am appre- I am appreciative of it. No, it's like it's like a really <laughs> it's like a cool big, title. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I know people, or I know how to find them. So maybe that's it. I know how to find people. You're just like a Even really good I don't know them. internet stalker. A huge internet stalker. I hope to be um, like cheated on or something at some point soon and or like maybe suspect I it do not and then that, that well no but just you. just to see if you could really just like dig deep and find out what happened <laughs> i'm gonna I, call yeah, you i'm gonna be like me. hey i don't know what this guy's doing you know if he's up to something i, I feel d- like you'd find the person oh, totally and her address <laughs> totally i mean i love but don't this is gonna sound so bad don't you feel like when someone does something I don't know, mean to you like that, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be cheating or they did something like unprofessional or what have yeah. you, doesn't it just feel good to know you can find out so much information about that? Oh, totally. And then it's like, I know everything about you. I know where your mom lives, man. Yeah. Like that's, it's so good. Shouldn't have screwed with me. <laughs> no, I, I love that. Oh, I, um, I don't, I'm not going to say it on here. Actually, I just did something so creepy yesterday. Oh, well, you have to say it now. No, because they could listen to the podcast. So no. <laughs> I found that out before where I'll talk about something or name someone's name. And then like, for example, like I went on a date with this um, like famous singer, like a long time ago, like several months ago. And I just assumed we'd probably never go out again. So I then talked about him on my podcast. It wasn't anything bad. And then um, <laughs> we ended up hanging out again because he doesn't live here. And he'd been like religiously listening. And yeah, and he was, he had, did not hear that part, thank God. But he was like, he's like, I've been listening to your podcast. It's really great. I heard this. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I like emailed my producer. I was like, take that podcast down, <laughs> do something. That's very Because you just like think like, oh, maybe no one will ever hear that. Or Totally. Yeah. Well, so. and you feel like you also make it a very comfortable setting. I'm like on your couch. I'm like, oh, she has her shoes off. Why do I have to have my shoes on? Like I, I just like curled up on your couch. So I feel like you you feel like you're not on a podcast and then you yeah. realize you're being recorded. And then you're just like, shoot, I shouldn't have kind said that. I do it a lot. Yeah. Well, I, but I do it with myself a lot where I'm just like, damn it. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's Yeah. Um, I had a few more questions. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, w- I want to just do a little more questions about like just advice for for uh, girls to get in your position. Um, yeah. Did we cover all of that? Um, I just feel like you have a lot of inspiration to give. Oh, that's so anything so we didn't way touch too on. Generous. I mean, what I'd say is something I really enjoy promoting is just if you have money to put to work, mm-hmm. whether that's a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars of your paycheck, what have you and you are female or male, um, invest it. Invest it in the stock market. Invest it in, and if you don't know how to invest in the stock market, there's a lot of apps that can help you now. Mm -hmm. And I would say just pick a public company that you've heard of. Starbucks, Mm -hmm. for example. And then every time you go to notes right now. (laughs) And then every time you go to Starbucks, you're like supporting the company that you own a piece of. Yeah. And I think it's really important to think that way. And women for some reason feel less comfortable putting their money to work but that is how you grow a nest egg that's not just how you you know buy a t-shirt that's how you grow your wealth yeah and so I did a very risky type of investing like several years ago one of my boyfriends used to be a very good day trader which is really rare that you day trade from home but he was um he was paralyzed so he that like he would just no it's fine I met him when he was in a wheelchair he's great um (laughs) but he uh he couldn't, you know, hold a normal job. So he just got like intensely very good at day trading. And so then I learned how to day trade. 
And for a little while, I was like watching charts at 6 a.m. and like like playing with money. And then I was like, eh, maybe I don't have the time for this. But I really liked doing it. Yeah. And there's different kinds. Like if you have a day trader like on hand, definitely yeah. use and abuse them. Be like, yeah. what should I be buying right now? Okay, yeah. great. But then there's also long-term holding where mm-hmm. um, Fidelity did this whole um, analysis of all of their clients and who made the most money. Mm-hmm. And it was the people who invested in something and forgot Really? And it just was their, their money was just there growing for so many years that then they made the most money because so they never touched it. What kind of apps can you do this on? So there's one I'm called actually going to do it right when, we, when you leave. <laughs> Perfect. There's one called Ro- Robinhood. If you okay. want to be a little more hands-on, like use E-Trade or Schwab or, um, but Robinhood, there's also a really cool one that I saw recently called Trigger uh-huh. that um, you could say like if Trump messes, like I think they did this whole article about it, but it was like if Trump mentions a stock that I own, sell it immediately. Like you can set little. Oh my god, gauges. that's hilarious! Okay, and so there's, but I would say Robinhood's the simplest, and um, I think they're a great, a great company. But there's a lot of apps like that. Um, I won't leave you with too many because I don't want to like overwhelm you. Yeah. But um, I think that's for stocks. And then what I do is much riskier investing mm-hmm. um, in the private market. So yeah. I think people. Uh, and would you I, recommend people doing that if they're not? I wouldn't say like if your friend's it. starting a restaurant and they need some money, like don't put all your well, eggs in the one worst basket. business to start. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say like investing in a fund, you know, say, you know, I run this fund. We invest in this particular fund. We're investing in 30 companies. Mm-hmm. There will be failures in this company, in this um, net that I'm casting. Yeah. But I'm casting a wide net because it makes it less risky in a yeah. risky market. Um and so I think there's you can look at things that way where if you're going to make an investment in a friend's business of some sort, yeah. make sure that they're in with great investors or they have some sort of, you know, or, or have someone who's in that business take a look at their business. I mean, uh-huh. I wouldn't, you know, just throw money at it because yeah. that's very unlikely that that will succeed. So your so your number one tip for, for, for people is if you have even a little bit of money, put it to put work. It, yeah. Especially women, we don't do that. Yeah. And then a lot of women feel more comfortable investing in like philanthropically, like giving it away. Why don't you give it away yeah. to a company and think, okay, if nothing happens with this, yeah, great. But if I make a return, that's yeah. even better. Totally. You know, so like, and I you'll think, have more money that you can then maybe give away philanthropically later. Totally. <laughs> and you, you can make, build it up your account. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and nonprofits are very important, you know, yeah. don't get me wrong, but I just think if you're trying to grow your money, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Well, this has been really fun. Thank you for doing this. Of course. I thank you like for I having so me. Much. I, have so mu- I have so many notes of things I have to do after this. I have cold emails I got to send. <laughs> I got to look up Mark Cuban's email address. I have to invest in the stock market. <laughs> He's going to be like, Jesse, stop telling people that you can Google my email address. Maybe he's taken it down by now because you've told so many people. No, but I think he's like, I think I get it because I think he's like, me where you want to be accessible in this yeah. business because you, you want never know people to be able to find you mm-hmm. to invest in a great company yeah you never know um so tell everyone where they can find you on social media so you can follow me on instagram at jesse j-e-s-s-e-c draper um and then i'm jesse draper on twitter i'm jesse c draper on facebook and um you can go to halogenvc.com to find out about our portfolio companies we have many and they're all female run they're great products awesome and uh, you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at 
at Rachel N. O'Brien. That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-N-O-B-R-I-E-N. And some stand-up dates I have coming up. And try, if you guys are in L.A., come to these because I'm filming a um, an audition tape for yeah for uh, Netflix. And so I want people like really laughing in the background. So Monday, November 6th, I'll be at Molly Malone's at 8 p.m. Uh, November 8th, I'll be at the Haw Comedy Club in North Hollywood at uh, 8 p.m. And then uh, there's more later, but those are the ones I care for you to go to right now. That's so so <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Well, so hopefully it works out. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.